The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. Today is all about smiles and all the different things that kink can bring to us, especially in the world of leather and the family that goes into that and the education that we present to each other. We talk to a true master whose education to us makes us better people, not only in the dungeon, but in life. Master Lola Smiles is a Latina leather master from Long Island, New York, who has been in the lifestyle for over 25 years, a BDSM educator and presenter and event promoter for nine years. Master Lola is the head of the House of SCK. Established in 2018, the House of SCK is a diverse leather house founded on the core values of loyalty, support, and family. She also founded SCK events in 2013. SCK hosts munches and a variety of upscale events and parties on Long Island and in New York City. SCK has co-hosted and sponsored various events, including classes, socials, and play parties with other BDSM and leather groups. Adapting to the post-COVID world since 2020, the House of SCK has hosted over 350 virtual events. Master Lola smiles on what women and other wonderful humans want. questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five, and it starts now. First time you ever heard the term BDSM and what you thought of it. Okay, so I think I was like 10 years old and it was watching 9 to 5, and it was that scene with... Um, Lily Tomlin and Jane, uh, 
Jane Fonda and they were buying the, the dog collar and the vest. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Jane Fonda's husband who stumbles upon it. He goes, what are you into S&M now? <laughs> she goes, yes, I do all the M&Ms. And I was <laughs> like, what did that mean? And that was it. <laughs> First time you ever participated in a scene and what were your emotions going into it? I started when I was really young. So I was 19 and I had been seeing this older gentleman for a bit. And he took me to um, a private party at one of his friend's house. And I'm 19, John was 41 at the time. So it was a big age gap. And, you know, I didn't know anything. And I was like, all right, oh, a party. That sounds fun up in Scarsdale. And I was like, okay. Um, walked into a very eyed white shut type of situation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't know what was happening. So at any event, um, there was a few younger girls there. I guess that was like the older, older guy, younger girl type situation. They were all submissive. I knew I was not, but I was very curious. So my partner knew that. And he was like, I want, you know, would you play with her? And I'm like, I didn't know what any of these words meant <laughs> at that age. Um, but I ended up having a, a nice banking scene with her. And that was the, the very first time I didn't know anything. She had been there before. And she's like, oh, no, it'll be fun. And I'm like, you know, didn't what now looking back now, I was like, holy crap, that was really bad. Didn't negotiate anything. Didn't, you know, it was kind of like just off the fly. Um, but, yeah, that was the first actual scene I ever did. First indication you are a dominant and not a submissive. Oh, I've always, I've, <laughs> I've always been that kid who's uh, class project. I would always be the one who's up. Nobody ever voted me, and I just kind of like you know, went in and 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 led. Um, I guess being the oldest too, and my family was always put in that position of always being in charge of stuff and responsible for stuff, and that kind of you know. Took, took it from there. But yeah, I've always been, always. First time you ever discovered the world of leather? Oh, it's gone back a couple of years. I always have people tell me I've always had a leather heart. I've never identified as a leather person until a couple of years ago um, when we started our house up. And you know, that entailed looking into exactly what the hierarchical type of structure would be, if that's something that's suited for our specific chosen family. Um, but doing a lot for the community, that's always been me. So I've kind of been leather without knowing I've been leather for, for quite some time. But officially, officially, just a few years ago, to yeah, probably a little over five years. First time anyone officially called you master and your emotions. That was very overwhelming. That was at my, uh, my covering ceremony um, when they were all like, you're not Miss Lola anymore. You're master now. They put that cover on my head and I just cried. Um, it was very emotional. It was very humbling. Um, and it definitely made me feel good because it was, an acknowledgement from my fellow leather folks, from my chosen family, from the community, uh, acknowledging that, hey, you've put the work in and you've earned this title. We will talk 
a lot more about the title of master and the world of leather and education and so much more. When we come back <laughs> with Master Lola Smiles, we're just getting started on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks, Catsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. Are you curious about kink but don't know where to begin? <laughs> or maybe you have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really understand what it's all about. You should check out Kink for the Curious. It's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds, lots of silly puns, <laughs> uh, but lots of solid BDSM and kink information written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years. Kink for the Curious, a BDSM activity book for beginners written by Princessa Natasha Strange, and that's me, <laughs> is available on Amazon. Go get it now. Welcome to the Yoniverse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and on FetLife at WWWPodcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the program, joined by Master Lola Smiles, a Latina leather master from Long Island, New York. 25 years in the lifestyle. Does it seem like it's gone by fast, or has it been a long journey? Um... In retrospect, it went fast, but as I see all the things that I've done and, and people who've come in and out of of our of our journey, uh, what we've accomplished, what and and so forth, it's it's a long time. Especially when I had a talk the other night with a bunch of TNG people, and I'm actually getting closer to 30 years in the lifestyle, and I had a bunch of kids in there, and I'm like, I've been doing this longer than you've been alive. <laughs> Where did the so, name come from? Uh, Lola's always been like a nickname mm -hmm. uh, for me and then the smile so it was kind of <laughs> like yeah it's, a lot of people like oh I love your smile I love your smile I was like oh there you go 
So yeah, that's where that came from. <laughs> Does anybody find it ironic that you are the top in this always smiling? Because a lot of times you don't think of smiling tops. They it, it some people feed into it and they and they like it. You know, it's almost like a sense of being mocked because I'm sitting there smiling while they're, you know, uh, trying to to take whatever scene it is that we're doing. Um, and sometimes some people have gotten uh, angry. It's been triggering almost as if I'm mocking them too much. So I do have to watch that because it's just, I smile all the time and it's sometimes, it's, and the sadist in me is having fun. So it's a little hard, but I am mindful about that. But uh, for the most part, I think people just like it. It's almost like a sense, like a little light layer of almost humiliation that I'm sitting there smiling while they're suffering. So, yeah. When did you realize that this was for you? When did it just enter your heart and just made you feel like this is the way I'm going to live my life? The curiosity portion was definitely in my in the beginning, um, learning, seeing new things, because there was back way back when, I mean, uh, 19, I was that was like the early 90s, you know, I was a kid still. Um, so I knew that was something that attracted me, something I wanted to know. And I knew it had to be more than just, you know, the, the sexual component of it. I'm very much a demisexual type of person. So I need to have that connection with someone to allow myself to have that type of experience, which is specifically why in my dynamics, if it is a strict, just a regular, you know, kink dynamic, there is no kind of, uh, sexual type of, um, relationship if it's a if it's more than if it's a ds or ms relationship and we're also in a romantic type of situation because i am poly um then it's different you know we we traverse differently there's different roles there's a whole bunch of other rules it's it's very you know diff different i did i i just knew that this was something that i felt comfortable in and fulfilled when like satisfied to an extent uh, that's something that vanilla dating vanilla re relationships did not fulfill. You mentioned a word that I don't know if I have heard in this podcast, which is romance. There is romance. Usually people think of kinky sex, and we talk about the fact that if you took the word sex away, you'd have a better understanding of what our world is about, because it's not about just the sex. It's right. about the connection. But you said the word romance. Explain to me the role of romance when it comes to an MS or a DS relationship. For me, that emotional connection is, is fed with the romantic components of a relationship. So we have to remind ourselves that at the end of the day, we're still people, you know, and, and the last three years have been very difficult for people who've been isolated, who've lost loved ones, who've lost jobs, economic hardship, and you just want to connect with someone. And to me, for someone who's been lonely or literally like isolated because we couldn't go out, you leave, you live alone. So many people were found in that situation. Um, that romantic component is something that brings you back to your feelings, to your emotions, 
we all need that. Doesn't matter how badass you are, what crazy shit we do. You're still a person and you need to have that fed. And I think that's an important part of the dynamic. I've had partners um, for over a decade. and We're still in some sort of dynamic, not as formal as it used to be. But if anything happened, over, over COVID was very difficult. There was a few few times we had some issues. And because um, Sergey works at night, so I was home by myself. Mm-hmm. And I have one, one of my partners from years back. I was just having a rough day. And I picked up the phone and I called him. And I was just like, listen, you know, I'm having a rough time. He lives all the way in the Bronx. He was like, I'm at work. I'll drop everything. I'll come and see you. We had such a great dynamic that the romance was there too. And and he, we love each other, you know, and, and that is to me, builds a foundation and, and a relationship that is as equally strong as the components to a master slave or a DS dynamic, um, that human part that you know that person has all of your best interests in mind, build something stronger and more long lasting. So I, I think the romance is something that is important if you're inclined to it. Not everyone could handle it. That's, that's another thing that you have to uh, discuss with regard to setting up your, your dynamic and, and what your boundaries are, especially if you have other partners too. When you think of the word love inside of a scene, how does it manifest itself? It would, I like to, to structure, structure scenes that are beneficial for both people. As big of a sadist I am, I do want the bottom to enjoy what, what we're doing. So I do spend time talking to them and finding out what, even like little things um, that, that they like or they enjoy. Um, like if I play with some of my play partners who are girls, um, female, uh, female identifying, they uh, two of them are littles. So I'll throw in an aspect of a stuffy or something along those lines, or the music, or we'll play a game or something, but it turns into a scene. So I like to incorporate what people love, what they enjoy, what their hobbies and interests are as well. Um, because in my, you know, the way I do things, it's like, I want you to feel that I'm taking everything into account. So it's mutually beneficial uh, for both of us. And I think that that if you throw that in there and then the love part, just make sure afterwards, you know, check on the person, you know, let them know that you, you care, you know, make sure they're all right, emotionally and physically. When you started your house in 2018, you did it based on some core values. Explain the importance of those and tell us what they are and how those have defined who you are. Uh, our our house was founded on loyalty, family, and support. Loyalty is something that you absolutely should have in every aspect of your life. You should be a stand-up person. Your word should be worth something. That should be the definition of your character. Having loyalty towards your friends, towards your family. Make sure somebody knows that you are a go-to person, someone that they can count on. So loyalty is super important. Family, um, and many of us are, you know, the black sheep of our family, or we think we are, um, because of our interests, because of our lifestyle. So family is something that is very important. You know, our biological family is not something we can choose, but our chosen family are those we can choose. 
So our leather family are people we've chosen. We're basically, you know, the misfits, <laughs> you know, for, for lack of a better word. Um, those people know your, your really deep, dark secrets and your, and your desires and your passions and all the other things that you cannot discuss with your, your biological family, or, or sometimes we're not able to. Some people are fortunate enough to have that luxury, but most of us don't. Um, definitely can't discuss it at, you know, a vanilla setting with other, other couples or PTA meetings. So, you know, the, the chosen family. The, the, although I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of them in there, but you know what I'm saying, um, or at work, you know. So uh, it's always funny when people ask, yo, what did you do this weekend? I simply cannot tell them what I did this weekend. So I have to, you know, oh, we just went last weekend, we went to Philly, we went to the, the Philly Black Bunch, and we saw a knife class, and we saw a whole bunch of shit. I can't tell my coworkers that. I was just like, oh, we went for a friend's birthday in Philly. That's it. <laughs> um but the family, you know, these are the people that you choose to surround yourself with. You choose to um, entrust your secrets with um, because, you know, these are things we cannot openly share. And then the last one is support. Support is something that people need, especially traversing this lifestyle. There are so many pitfalls and, and dangers, really, too. Uh, so it's important to, to provide that support, not just to your family, but for your community. In our community here, we are there are several uh, groups out here on Long Island, and you know we kind of keep tabs on each other with regards to any troublesome individuals or situations that may come up. So we try to keep everyone safe. Uh, so support's important um, because it it, it it's, it lends people to trust you, um, to feel that they are safe. So it is also a very big responsibility to put that kind of support out. So that was something a lot of our house members needed. Uh, we have some single parents. I mean, our house is very diverse, which we're very proud of. Uh, we are um, all age range, TNG all the way to 70 plus we have. Um, we have male, female identifying. We have trans. We have non-binary. Uh, we have some disabled members. You know, um, We do have two different facets to our house. You are either a full a family member, a full member of the house, or people who are not really into the leather but are, are supportive of us and are good friends and we do consider family, uh, we call them our tribe. So we have that, um, those two different distinctions with regard to members in our home, in our house. I have had the honor of getting to visit a couple of leather houses, although I am not a leather person myself. The thing that I love about being in the presence is the absolute respect that everyone has for each other. It's more so than you see even in everyday life. That must bring about a huge role of safety in everybody's minds because they know they can just be themselves around each other. It is definitely a very overwhelming sometimes because you are among other people who know what, what, it, what it means to be leather. Um, we do look out for each other. I mean, there's trouble and all the time and in any lifestyle. Um, but the fact that there is that community, that sense of um, togetherness, you know, the, the brotherhood and sisterhood um, that are there, 
and exists for the for the leather houses and the members of the leather community. It is a kind of almost like a, a it serves almost like a shield in a sense for people to to feel safe. And definitely the respect is there, especially with with the titles. Um, they're earned. It, you know, you can call yourself whatever the hell you want um, at any time, but you can't be a poser. You know, you can't just sit there. It's, I, I hate to pick on the younger people, but I run a couple of groups on FetLife. And, you know, this <laughs> there was a young man, 18 years old, 18 years old. I am a master. I'm like, oh, my God, you can't even <laughs> legally drink in almost any state in the country. But OK, son, how exactly? And then I know we try, try to have a conversation with him because I said out of curiosity, I just want to know, you know, the identification, the honorific that you chose for yourself, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he got pissed off. Shocking. And I was just like, I am just trying to have a dialogue with you, young man, to try to understand why you put yourself on the path to being a master. It is a lot of work. It is not just, you know, hey, uh, young kid looking to get laid. Can't blame him. Figured, hey, I'll throw a title up there. They'll think I'm great. You know, so the honorifics and the titles and everything, the, the camaraderie, the houses, it is a, a, a true structure where, where you see that and you know people put the work in it. If someone is addressing you a certain way and if you have that cover on, you earned it. You earned it and, and they know that. So it is, it is a very, to me, I think it's like walking into a leather convention, it's, it's just like a family reunion type thing. You know, even when it's people that we have not met in person or have not maybe uh, interacted with, oh, I know of your house, you're here for something, you know, so they'll, and they'll, they'll reach out to get to know you, to network, you know, to, to pick your brain about things, because every community has the same issues at different times, and they solve it in different ways. So it's always good to see how other people handle things. Uh, thinking that you're en the end-all be-all is, is not a, a good practice. You should venture out there and see what else is out there and get other opinions and suggestions so you can grow and flourish. I have said in within the kink community and also within the business community that true leaders never call themselves leaders. They just are. Mm -hmm. And I think about that 18-year-old kid who called himself master and while the title is beautiful, it's really the way of life and how you carry yourself that puts you in that position. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the uh, the people who are in it for all the accolades and their names in big bright lights somewhere, you're in it for the wrong reasons. Uh, I always put down, I'm very humbled to be asked to do certain things because I'm just living my life. I really don't see myself as doing anything extraordinary. But everything that you do does touch someone else's life. So my, my belief is and the best practice is to try to make that a positive thing, something that's going to help that person or help you. You know, I get my, my fix, for lack of a better word, <laughs> putting together the events for the community, doing like munches and all the virtual stuff we did in the last three years and all the parties we throw and everything else, uh, the conventions I teach at and help at. Whenever we go to a convention, there's at least two to three uh, house members and we, we volunteer. 
because it is hard to put those types of things on, uh, get that uh, all the bodies where they need to be so everyone else can be safe. So yeah, that is a very important um, facet of that as well. The, the leaders don't, don't look for that, they just do because they know it needs to be done. I asked this question of pro-doms. I asked this question of lifestyle doms. I am going to ask it of you. Can you remember the first time you received a note or communication from someone that said, you have absolutely changed my life for the better? There have been a few. Um, the first ones, wow. We used to host some uh, bar nights out here when we first started over almost 10 years ago. Actually, yeah, this will be our 10th year. SCK will be the 10th year that we were, we've been hosting stuff out here on Long Island. And it was pretty much uh, a group of young ladies who I am still friendly with. Um, they had gone into New York City and they're from out here. And they went into the city and, you know, they, the events there are different, um, but it was very much more male oriented, uh, male dom oriented. These young ladies were just learning the ropes. And I think two out of three, two out of the four of them are tops and doms. And mm -hmm. the other two are on the left side, uh, sorry, the right side. Um, they didn't know that then. They were just young girls exploring their early 20s and they, you know. So they came to something we came, we were hosting out here and they were just like, wow, okay, you guys are talking to us. And I'm like, yeah, it's our event. We hope we welcome everybody. <laughs> I, I talked to, you know, then we're doing things. I'm checking in on them because they were new and they appreciated the fact that someone was looking out for them, but not looking to get anything from them. So they, that was those, those four <laughs> crazy kids. Um, <laughs> I still keep in touch with them. The girls are great. Uh, they're all over the country now because they're older, you know, it's 10 years ago. So now they're in their thirties, but uh, yeah, that was, that was one of the first times that someone messaged me and said, I really wasn't sure if this was for me because of what I had seen but when I came and saw that as an event where someone actually gives a shit about meeting, talking to you, making you feel welcomed, asking if you're okay, it made a difference to them because now they were more selective or at least would ask. And if it weren't for them, that you know, they knew there were other events out there that would uh, feed that need safely. Can you give me an example of a transformational story where someone came into your life in one way and you saw them grow and blossom into something that was even more than your imagination could take? One of my early, early first partners um, was my submissive. We were in a, in a dynamic together for quite some time. And he, he is dominant. He is a dominant. Um, and he, developed and and he grew and uh i'm super I, i'm proud of him i love him to death and uh, he's such a good dude um and but i saw that with him um he's very alpha in in daytime um but he was that's how we met we were submit he, he was looking for a femdom and that's that's how we met we we struck up a 
um, a dynamic and then it just built into a, a very great friendship, a beautiful, uh, we were, you know, we were very much very close, um, a lot of love there. And, and to this day, he, he happens to be the, the young man that I said, you know, he was going to drop everything and come, come to Long mm -hmm. Island because I was having, you know, a rough time. Um, so the transformation in him now, he runs his, uh, he's a leatherman also, and uh, he runs his own events. He's part of a, a, a group out here in New York. Uh, he does, he has a couple of dynamics uh, submissives himself. He is exploring different types of dynamics with different um, roles and identities. Uh, so it's good for him to grow. But the the beginning was, you know, he's he's submissive. I see that, but he was asking and and wanting to learn. And I I knew he I knew it. I saw it, and I'm, I'm like, you're 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 not just a, a submissive. You're you're definitely exploring and, and you're going to develop and and that's that and he is he's now he's a very he's a great dom he's a very good dom i know his partners and uh they have a good 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 dynamic what do you think throws the switch and that's a very bad pun i realize but what throws the switch from someone needing that submission to suddenly realizing that they can give more as a dominant that's tough. I, I'm honestly not sure. I think it would, I think it might be based on the person's needs at the time. Um, switches have the best of both worlds, in my opinion. You know, it, depending on what you need, do you really want to be at some, you know, kneeling at someone's feet one day because you just want that? Or do you want to be the person who is calling the shots? And I think it's just depending on what that person's needs are that day. I honestly couldn't answer that. I have always been a dom. I have no, I don't know what it is to be submissive. I have bottomed though, because I also have a bit of a masochist in me. So I have bottomed uh, for rope and fire play stuff, you know, the stuff on my, on my fet life, a few pictures and videos and stuff there of fire play. And um, I think it, it's mindset though, mm -hmm. um, more so. Uh, the 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 need to do it, you know, the need to have that uh, desire or need fulfilled is probably what flips the switch for people. We hear so much about subspace. Don't hear a lot about top space, but I know it exists. What does it feel like? Oh yeah. Oh my God, I love telling. This is my favorite story. <laughs> we went to DomCon one year in oh where was it oh new orleans we went to domcon new orleans i taught i don't know how many classes we went there early a day early and i had to leave a day before everyone else did because i had to come back for work so there was about eight of us nine of us down there um and i had you know people helping me with the classes getting me coffee grabbing my bags doing all this stuff for me i'm teaching the classes i'm doing the things about four days, almost four full days of this. And even when we went out, because there was a whole group of us, it was still everyone just catering basically to me, which was very like, I don't, I like to do my own things. I don't like to make people <laughs> feel a certain way. But they were like, no, no, no. We were told we have to help you and you're our guest. And I'm like, all right. So I went along with it. I had to leave a day early. I'm headed back to the airport. I have my bag and I'm sitting here waiting. 
And I'm like, why is no one carrying my bag? Why do I have to wait on this line? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> it's like, okay, reel yourself in because you're in the public. <laughs> the convention is now over. You carry your own bag, bitch. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yes, sometimes we do get into that top space and, and, and forget that uh, the real world has no idea who the hell you are and they don't care. <laughs> so, yes. But yeah, that was, yeah, because I'm sitting there, I'm like, in TSA, I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, oh my God, get a grip. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a special reason that I know why you're here. And that is from the educator side of you. That is how we met each other in Minnesota. And when we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want, we're going to open up the classroom with Master Lola Smiles when we return. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, Becoming a follower. Rituals. The new porch time. Victim, survivor, and thriver. Power exchange and polyamory. Submissive versus wife. The practical contract guide. Relationship shorthand. As well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. This is Alicia Zadig author of the new book, Yes Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. Hi there, I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the show. We are getting quite the education from Master Lola Smiles, who joins us from Long Island, New York. I met you at Naughty Revival taking of all things a CBT class. I don't have a lot of interest in CBT, but I was curious what it was all about. And you made it seem fun. 
much to my surprise. <laughs> How does one make CBT sound fun? You have to try to make it sound fun or else you can't get the people to come to you. <laughs> Um, no, by nature, I, I like to laugh. I love laughing. Um, I love having a good time. So I incorporate some like funny and silly things in my play still can be very intense scene, but it'll lighten up, up the mood a little bit. Um, it also puts your partner at ease a little, um, you know, you'll negotiate a scene and those aspects of that we kind of ad lib. You know, I, I uh, the CBT class, for instance, sometimes I'll have people count, um, have them count if they know another language or uh, if they have a specific uh, sports team or something, I will incorporate that instead of having you count traditionally one, two, three, four, five. I'll be like, hey, OK, cool. tell me who's on first, second and third for the you know a starting lineup for the Yankees or who are the, the three quarterbacks for, you know, the Eagles or whatever. Uh, but something to keep them engaged and, and thinking because that way they're also able to process and maybe take their mind off of some of the pain that's going on down there. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, I like to make it fun. One of the things I taught in that class is, you know, the chopsticks. Um, super easy. You don't have to, a lot of the stuff we do, some does require uh, investment in equipment and toys and outfits and et cetera, et cetera. So be creative. You know, be creative on some of the things that you come up with. The plastic chopsticks, the wooden ones, you know, they splinter. I don't really, you know, unless I really sand it down and um, and um, sealed, you know, with, mm -hmm. with some kind of um, gloss or whatever. Uh, but I like the, the plastic chopsticks, you know, stuff like that. Um, I like doing, uh, for, for the holidays and stuff, I'll incorporate CBT and hang ornaments. I'll do some bondage and hang the ornaments off of um, the, the, the bits and pieces down there. So yeah, I like doing that kind of stuff too. You know, wax play. I, if I'll ask you, hey, if, what is your specific, if you have a, a Marvel or DC, and then I can go along colors and things like that, just to add a little creativity to what it is. Uh, especially when it's someone who's uh, a seasoned player, like they've tried everything. So you got to be a little bit more creative. Um, the the more people newer to it, you want to uh, show them that, hey, it's not always, you know, the dark dungeon with, you know, the bad lighting kind of shit, you know, and stuff like that. Or you have the people who are like super extreme and they really want to get into it, you know, make it like a, a haunted horror house type situation, you know. Um, where it's going to be, I'm going to cut it off type thing, you know, <laughs> like, of, of course. Uh, so, yeah, so the CBT, you can make it very uh, interactive as well. Um, I'm, I am, I always like to have scenes where the bottom is somehow adding to their own suffering. So I'll have them hold stuff or pull on something just so they're incorporated in the scene. And I can always turn around and be like, I'm not the one holding the rope or I'm not the one holding that implement. You are. Mm -hmm. So it, it kind of, it's almost like a little bit of a, a little mind fuckery going on too. So that's that. You got to make it interesting. Is that your favorite class to teach or do you have others? CBT is one of my favorites. Um, I love my breath play class. I am. I love breath play. Um, that's always creative. I did that one at Naughty Revival too, by the way. That one was like the 
the, they loved it. I was like, it's so simple. It's not, it's not difficult. Um, it is edge play. So I do spend a great deal of time in the beginning of the class going over being safe because you can, if you do it wrong, the person can have a medical uh, episode and you don't want that. That's not, that's not what you want. So a lot of the time, my one-on-one classes, the majority of the talk, uh, the lecture part is the safety, the medical, if something goes wrong, this is what you need to look for, this is, you know, and so forth, and how to handle it. And then the technique comes in towards the end. Um, with breath play, I, again, I'm very cautious in, in what I co- you know, sign off on. I don't want anyone running out there saying, oh, but I, I took her class. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, yeah, I love my breath play class. Um, I do a mummification class, which is fun. Yes, please. <laughs> I love to. That's a good class. That's a fun class. That's a fun class. There's so many possibilities with that. And it depends on what, what else you're into. So you build from that scene and you can have so much other stuff. It's great. The one thing I just absolutely love about mummification, and I've been fortunate enough to be involved in a few of the scenes, anything from plastic wrap to being in a latex inflatable cat suit and then put in a very tiny uh, latex bag and strapped into it. So it's like (laughs) I'm blown up, but at the same time strapped in, which was an amazing feeling. The safety that it brings, the hug that it brings, the calmness that it brings. And you would think that the total absence of being able to move anywhere would be frightening, but for some, it just calms them down. Why do you think that is? I think because if you're having some sort of chaotic episode in life and things going nuts, not that we have not had a chaotic episode for the last three years, uh, but I think it does bring people almost, it's forcing them to stay still and it's forcing them to just be so it can go either way if they get all into their thoughts and stuff then you know depending on what they're going through but for the most part I think it's that security type thing you know they know they're snug snugged up and in in their little cocoon um it's 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 a very safe feeling you know, to be in that. And especially if you have a partner, obviously you have to be vet your people, know who, who these people are that you're playing with. You're completely immobilized. And the ability to just be in a sense of vulnerability with someone, because I could do anything to you. I mean, you're complete. You, what are you going to do? Roll off the bed or the, the massage table. That's, a, that's your one move. You got one move. <laughs> that's all you got. <laughs> You know, unless you're going to roll out of there like a tumbleweed. Other than that, you're not going anywhere. So you are allowing yourself to be vulnerable physically um, to someone else. Um, That level of trust is something that is calming to some people. You know, you're like, all right, I know nothing bad's going to happen. And I'm nice and and relaxed and and safe. So I think that's that's a great feeling for some people to to have you not even doing all the, the crazy anything else to add to it just being there it's, yeah we are in the midst of women's history month in march and i love the fact that there are so many uh, amazing women and female presenting people 
that have such amazing classes and I tend to want to take them all. Is it important that we understand how rare that used to be to see that the progress that's being made now is pretty significant? Yes, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, this whole lifestyle, it's so many different facets, so many different people, so many different interests and roles and identities, especially now, you know, when I first started 30 something years ago, we didn't have all these labels. This she, her, nobody used pronouns. You know, trans folks were around, but they weren't out like they are now, you know. Um, non-binary, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what the hell that was. That's, these are all brand new terms, you mm. know, not that they didn't, these, not that these individuals did not exist before. The acknowledgement of their mm. existence is what is prevalent now. Um, and yeah, and women too, you know, it is a uh, women's month. So, uh, being a female, um, presenter, it is welcoming when, conventions or someone reaches out and it's like, hey, you know, your voice, you have something worth saying. We've heard your classes. We've seen your involvement. We would like for you to come and present. Um, you have something worthy that we want to share with our group, with our convention, whatever it might be. So it is important to have that different um, narrative available for people. Um, I cannot relate to what a male dom goes through. I cannot relate to what a, a gay or queer dominant goes through. I cannot relate to what a, a trans or non-binary dominant goes through. Sure as hell can't relate to what a submissive goes through or a slave. But it's important to have all those voices heard. So it is to see all the milestones and achievements that the people along their journey have made and how it's affected and impacted the community and the lifestyle. Um, just the use of she and her and he, they, them, it, whatever your pronouns are. Um, it is acknowledging someone's existence for who they are and what they identify as and what, what they bring to the table. So as a, as a female um, presenter and educator, as a master, it's even, you know, sometimes I'll get like a female master. Does that mean you were a dude once? And I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, no. <laughs> I mean, I have big dick energy, but not like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it lends to people learning that titles are not attached to someone's sexuality or, or their uh, identification. It's it's what they what they are, you know. And uh, I, sometimes people will go out of the way not to use the correct honorifics just because that's, you know. That's just how they are. They're being difficult. And that's fine, you know, to each their own. But there's been so many contributions throughout the years uh, from all the segments. And I think everyone should be celebrated. And diversity doesn't just happen when it comes to gender. It also comes to background as well. You are a Latina woman. I know that when I go to a lot of play parties here in Ohio, they tend to be very white. When I went to things in Texas, they tended to be very white. But there is a huge community of people of color who really enjoy what we do. And sometimes it feels like they're invisible when 
it comes to people who like me who go to parties and I say, I don't see a lot of people of color. And I celebrate when I see people who are able to come out. And sometimes I'm guessing this, uh, I can't relate to you. I'm guessing that you have to overcome the stereotype to even be a part of the community. It can be. Um, there's so many assumptions based on someone's race um, that it is very much discouraging to people. Uh, a lot of the mainstream conventions and groups are not uh, very diverse. Uh, so it you're not going to go somewhere where you don't see someone who looks like you because you don't know if it's a safe space. Hmm. You know, unfortunately, the state of the country, that's a that's a real that's a real concern for people of color, for female uh, women of color as well, and men of color. Um, so it is something that I think people need to take more at face value and say, hey, am I going to walk into something where I'm going to be the only person of X, Y, and Z, you know, identification? It's different in, I can't, like, you see me and you'll see that I am um, of Latin heritage, you know, you'll see that I'm a female or female presenting. There's, it's different when you, when you're, I don't, when you're singled out for it, like, oh, we would love for you to present and so forth and so on. I've mm -hmm. been, uh, there's been a few things that I've attended. I've been the only person of color uh, presenting. Uh, so the outreach is good, but the diversification takes time. You just shouldn't reach out to people of color, women, um, gay male, gay female, whatever box you need to check to call yourself mm -hmm. diverse. Don't reach out to people just when you're about to have your event or your convention or meeting or whatever. It's reciprocated. If you want them to come to your stuff, you need to support their groups as well. Um, have a presence. You know, if it is a fundraiser, have somebody go do the things, show the support, make sure that people understand that we're not just calling upon you on Black History Month, we need someone of color, or on Women's Month, we need a female presenting, or an Asian month, or whichever box you need to check. You know, it kind of, I, I had this conversation with Sir Guy, we were talking about the mainstream organizations and events, the ones who are legitimately trying versus the ones who are just like, whatever. Um, there's a few who think it's not an issue, but but it, it can be depending on you know who you're who you are trying to attract to your to your event. So it's important for people to to call into question and, and ask like, hey, I'm paying money to this organization to be a member of, but you're not doing any kind of outreach at all for this segment of the population who's in your own backyard. You know, it's understandable if you're in an area where it's predominantly one group. And there is no one really attending your immediate events because there's no one of that background or, or role or whatever in the area. But if you're doing something mainstream and you're calling for people from across the country, you got to step your game up. You can't just sit there and talk the talk. You have to walk it too. Uh, and people notice, you know, if, if people do notice. I genuinely hope I was respectful in asking that question oh, because sometimes it's hard yes, yes. to come up with I'm not going to call it the right words, but just uh, words that 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 show empathy to people who have to overcome things, and that can be older people like me. I'm me. I'm pressing sixty. 
Uh, and the fact is, the reason that we called this show What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want is because the other wonderful humans is everyone. And originally it started as a show about how people connect with each other. And I do tend to have more women on the show because I want to give that voice because that is the thing that fascinates me the most is the ability to bring forward those voices that have this beautiful 360 degree view of the world rather than a tunnel vision of this is how it has to be done. And I take great pride in the fact that I, even though I was born male, I have this 360 degree view of the world and it helps me see the world in such a much better way. And I know that uh, that's, it, is usually a trait that is um, catered more towards women than it is to men. So I'm proud to have that one. <laughs> <laughs> Master Lola, as we get ready to uh, finish up here, what is on your bucket list? What are the things that you still want to accomplish in this beautiful world that's right out there in front of you? Oh, yeah. um, oh, one of the things I'm actually uh, checking off this year is I am uh, a judge for South Plains Leather Fest and also Southeast Leather Fest. So that's the first time I'll be judging um, a contest. So I'm excited about that. But I do like Sir Jay and I went to visit our friends down in Philly last weekend. And, you know, we're getting we're in our 50s. So we're retirements, you know, lurking. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, we're looking and I, and I was just like, you know, we always talked about having our own, um, dungeon, our own, you know, bar and, and so forth, like, a, a almost like a kinky, uh, B and B type setup, you know? So that's something I would love to do. Um, absolutely would love to do, uh, and, and have something for, um, probably, probably stay out here in the New York area. Um, or try to anyway, it's, it's too expensive, <laughs> but uh, so that would be like the, 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 the pipe dream, the goal, the, you know, that would be it. Looking back on your years in this beautiful world that we live in, what has been the one thing that has happened that you didn't think could have ever happened when you first started? Hmm. Because the world's become a little more accepting these days. But back, you talked about being in the 90s. That was still a time where BDSM people were looked at as the total freaks of the world. I think the failed attempt of Fifty Shades of Grey opened the door for so many more shows, reality shows and podcasts and um, all sorts of documentaries and stuff. And even a few, you know, mentions here, I mean, not good mentions, but on like CSI and stuff like that, for people to see that there is this whole lifestyle out there. And yeah, there's good and bad in every lifestyle. But the fact that they're putting stuff out there, and it's a little bit more 
acceptable on the milder things that we do. Uh, you know, you can buy certain things in more mainstream groups and uh, uh, stores. I mean, uh, you know, Target carries some things here and there that are uh, <laughs> questionable that they wouldn't have done before. Um, the evolution definitely of how we're able to communicate. We were talking about this the other day. I had a, a roundtable with the TNG and the new groups because we were passing the torch. I was like, if time comes to pass the torch, we have to let the young people try. So you have to teach them and have the patience and, and guide them. So in our conversation, we were talking, some of the older folks were talking about the 90s and said, hey, we didn't even have cell phones. There was no internet. You know, you wrote into a PO box to get information from, you know, the Village Voice or whatever other, you know, <laughs> publication you can get your hands on. <laughs> and uh, find out where the party is or get vetted or, you know, do the things that we do now just on our phones. Like we don't even think about it. I get reminders all the time. Oh, this event and that event. No, it wasn't like that back then. And Lord, some of the places we played in. Oh, <laughs> questionable. Questionable. That was someone watching over us for sure. <laughs> You're pretty happy in your life just from the sheer energy that you put out in your classes and just who you are. I so appreciate that wonderful energy. I had a blast being around you uh, up in Minnesota and anybody who has the opportunity to take a class or be in your presence will feel this beautiful energy of smiles literally all around you. Master Lola Smiles, what a pleasure it's been having you on the show today. Thank you so much. I was very honored to, that you asked me, and I hope to see you soon. And if not, if you're going to Naughty Revival, they've asked me to come back, so I will be teaching for them again. I might be too, but we're still talking. Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Master Lola is such a delight, and it is always good being in her presence ever get a chance to take a class from her please do you'll find that it's a fun class and you'll learn a lot too here's what's coming up on the next edition of what women and other wonderful humans want presented by dating kinky he is a pioneer in the publishing industries as the founder of skin 2 magazine it's tim parker woodward on what women and other wonderful humans want a new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Master Lola Smiles for being our guest. And of course, thanks to you for being with us. If you have an opportunity, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us a rating and review. We're not asking for a five star. We're asking for your honest thoughts. And it really helps us. So I hope you will choose to do that. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I do remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. And now, select shows are available in video format at youtube.com 
slash Dating Kinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free.